Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. I hope your Wednesday is off to a good start so far. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and this is The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction. And you're listening to Relevant Radio. And as we start today, when you were a child, think back when you wanted something. Who would you ask? Would you ask your mom or would you ask your dad? Who was the most likely to give you the answer that you wanted? I think part of that, of course, might depend on what you're asking for. For my kids, if they want to get pizza or some other kind of takeout food, maybe go get donuts, something like that, they're very likely going to approach me. They'll ask me, and that lets you know <laughs> where my weakness lies. Uh, I'm much more likely to say yes to that question. Their mother, she will most often say no. No, we can make something here at home. Uh, now, if one of our kids wants to go shopping, if they're looking for a gift for somebody, if they need some new shoes or you know some other article of clothing or whatever it might be, they'll have more success if they ask their mom. My wife, Baylen, she'll be happy to spend that time just browsing in a store or a few stores or searching for the best deal on something that they're trying to find. Uh, I hate going shopping for clothes. Uh, and if I do go, when I get to the store, I just want to get what I'm looking for and get out as quickly as possible. And if I do find a shirt or a pair of pants, something that just fits well and, okay, this this looks good, feels comfortable, I will buy several of whatever that is just so I can avoid, you know, might be a variety of styles or colors or whatever, but just so I can avoid having to make another trip out. I'm happy to, <laughs> to just buy several of that. So the kids, our kids, they'll ask Baylen to take them when they want to go shopping. But it also makes a difference on their age as to which one of us they approach when they want something. And in our family, we've discussed this several times, especially as our kids have gotten older and now that we have kids that are grown and out of the house, as well as some at, the, at home still, uh, we've gotten feedback from a variety of different ages. And Baylan and I, when either of us, you know, if we have to correct our kids, maybe when they haven't followed one of the rules in our home, or maybe they were disobedient or didn't do everything they were supposed to, whatever it might be, Baylan and I, individually, on our own, we can say almost the exact same thing to that child. But for some reason, when I say it as the father, whatever I say to them, it's far scarier for the child when I'm the one saying it, especially the younger that child is. Even if I have the same tone, the same delivery, we're saying pretty much the same words. The younger that child is, the scarier it is for them, for whatever reason. And, and as the kids get older, they realize, oh, 
I don't have anything to be <laughs> worried about or scared about. But even last week, our 11-year-old Sam, he was up a little earlier than normal, woke up before his alarm went off to get him up for school. And since he had extra time, he came down to the kitchen, started making a cold lunch that he could take to school that day. Now, I'm always the first one awake in our house. So we were up, we were talking that morning while he was putting his lunch together. I saw him go back upstairs a couple of times to his bedroom, but he'd come back down to the kitchen and then he went up one more time, a couple of minutes just before I was going to go up and take a shower and get ready for the day. And when I went upstairs, when I went to our bedroom, I saw Sam there and he's by our bed. He's talking with Baylan, who was still trying to uh, to sleep. Her alarm, it was set to go off 10 minutes later. And I just stood there a bit dumbfounded. And I said, Sam, I was awake. I, I was down. You were downstairs talking to me in the kitchen. Why did you come up here and wake up your mother? And that's when Baylen, she told me, well, this is actually the second time that he'd come in to ask her for something. And I don't even remember. I know this just happened last week. I don't even remember what he was asking. But for whatever reason, Sam, he decided in his little 11-year-old brain that whatever he needed at that moment, it was better to go ask his mother, even though she was in bed and she was asleep and I was awake downstairs. I think most kids do have an experience like that. There are those times where you you know your mom might be the more patient or the more understanding, or, or maybe it's that nurturing side of her in that role as your mother. And as a young child, you can turn to her for certain things. Of course, being part of the family of God... In our spiritual life, Jesus knew the importance of that role of a mother. And he's offered to us that relationship with his mother. He has given his mother Mary to us to be our spiritual mother. And today we want to spend this hour of the inner life looking at our relationship with Mary and especially how she intercedes for us in that familiar prayer devotion that we have as Catholics in praying the rosary. And joining us is our spiritual director for the hour, Father Matthew Witter is with us. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. He's the pastor of St. John Newman's, St. William's, St. Joseph's, and St. Mary's Catholic Parishes in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Father Matthew, welcome back to The Inner Life. So glad to have you here for the hour. Thanks, Josh. Great to, great to be on. And that's, that's certainly a, a story I think that every parent and every child can, can relate to. And, and I like that image of even though your mom was asleep, Sam kind of, he intuitively knew that she was the one to ask. Great. Yeah, and like I say, I don't even, it was something small. It was something little. I I remember that, but I I just, (laughs) I said, Sam, let your mom sleep. I'm I'm downstairs. But um, yeah, you know, as a kid, you know, there's certain things you can turn to your dad and he'll he'll say yes. And other things he'll say no, certain things you can turn to your mom and she'll say yes. And, and, you know, other ones, well, it might actually be better not to ask her on this this one. But uh, let's talk about Mary in general before we start start diving into our, the, our, our devotion to her in the rosary. Mary, you know, when I was looking at the Catholic Church before I converted, before I came into the Catholic Church, it was one of those things where I'd see Mary is so beloved by Catholics, but for people on the outside, especially a lot of Protestant or evangelical Christians, she becomes this very divisive figure. And can we talk about why 
devotion to the Blessed Mother really is so important in the life of any believer, you know, but, uh, you know, why, why we hold her up in such high esteem as Catholics. Yep, and that, that experience, I think many people that convert to the Catholic faith many times in that, that lead up to it, Marian devotion and, and love of the Blessed Mother Mary, like you said, is one of the, those kind of, kind of walls that's kind of at times hard to hurdle, and there's a lot of kind of misperceptions of even what the, the Catholic Church would, would say about our, our dear Blessed Mother Mary. But what we do is when we, when we look at our Blessed Mother Mary, we want to we we follow the Lord. We want to follow the Lord, and we want to kind of follow the pattern of the Lord. And so what did the Lord do? He chose, he chose our dear Blessed Mother Mary, and, and, and she said yes. And, and we, when we hear, you know, in, in the Scriptures then, you know, God once again, our Lord Jesus once again chooses Mary to be our mother on the cross, really in his kind of third to last words. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus looks at the beloved disciple that represents all of us and says, you know, behold, behold your mother. And at that moment, I think Mary also had kind of an awakening is that she realized that when she said yes to being the mother of, of God, you know, at that point, I was like, whoa, I've also said yes to being the mother of, of, of everyone, um, you know, yeah, our, our spiritual yeah. mother. And then we, we see that played out in, you know, in the Acts of the Apostles, you know, in waiting for the Holy Spirit. All the, uh, the Apostles are gathered. Uh, they're gathered, what they do, they're praying with Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so we, we see that um, lived out by the Father choosing, choosing Mary. We see that in the Son, in that sense of, of, you know, behold your mother. And then we see it, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, when they're waiting for the descent of the Holy Spirit, they're there with Mary in prayer. Well, so... One other thing before, again, maybe we dive into the rosary itself. This was a topic that, you know, very, very near and dear to your heart. And let's, can you just give us some background on why the rosary is so important to you, Father? How has it helped you in your spiritual journey in getting to know not only Mary better, but as she leads us to her son, Jesus, how has it helped you to know and love Christ more? Well, without the rosary, I would be, would be helpless. Um, I, I owe Mary and the Rosary. Um, I would practically say almost everything, in a way, in the sense of helping me know Jesus. I first encountered the Rosary. My first memories of praying the Rosary actually go back. I was in a Catholic school from first to sixth grade. And I remember our sixth grade teacher uh, taught us how to pray the Rosary and praying the Rosary. And I remember being um, on our desks, uh, excuse me, on, on the kneeling by our desks, um, praying the Rosary, and that kind of was like the first impulse of, of the, the importance of, of the rosary to me. And then it was reaffirmed in a much greater way. And I would say as I kind of went from there, I would, like I remember in high school, I was trying to finish tonight with, with a decade of the rosary, not the whole rosary, but a, a decade of the rosary. But then in, in the seminary, um, I think some of my, my best moments in the seminary were, were praying the rosary as, uh, um, you know, as, as seminarians. And, and that kind of then really kind of locked in the importance of the rosary. And, and over the years for me, um, many other ways that the devotion to the rosary has become, um, I've looked at it as, as, as such uh, an incredible gift. And without the gift of the rosary, uh, I, I don't want to think about what, uh, what I'd be up to. Mm. Well, and, you know, with that gift of the rosary, I mean, looking back then, in all those years, because I, you know, as you're talking about some of your favorite moments, some of the best memories of going through the seminary, I, I would think it would be the relationships. And I'm not saying you're saying no, the relationships were horrible, but it's so interesting to me that those moments of praying the rosary 
might stand out as some of your favorites. I, I would have thought, yeah, that it would be some of your fellow priests that you get to know, yep. you know, kind of like anybody Definitely. who goes through high school yep. or college. Um, but that's so interesting to hear that, that that made such an impact for you. Oh, yeah. it's uh, In the seminary, there was, at that time, a couple nights where we'd get together in kind of a Marian chapel that was just off to the, the side of the Blessed Sacrament. And it, it wasn't a kind of a mandatory thing, but there'd be a group of us there. And it was uh, just very, especially my early days, it was just a very palpable experience of of prayer and, you know, connection like to each other, let's sense of here we are all, all seminarians and we're all praying together. And then I think the other thing for, for at least the seminary of St. Francis de Sales that I was blessed to go to that, that kind of resonates with the seminarians is at, at the end of evening prayer, always chanting the, in Latin, the, the Salve Regina, um, to an icon of our dear Blessed Mother Mary. And that, like I think, um, our Archbishop here in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, one of the most powerful things when there's a, a funeral of a priest is that he always has us before the body is taken out, you know, together chant um, the Salve Regina. And it's, uh, people will say that that's, wow, that, that moved us to tears. But mm-hmm. in, in, the, um, in that moment, it brings back all the, just that, that sense of Mary being there for her priest sons. And, and uh, yeah, very beautiful to think about. Well, one of the other things you mentioned you know, when you were younger, you would pray maybe a single decade of the rosary. Yep. We've done that in our house, especially with younger children who maybe don't have the attention span or the ability to sit still <laughs> to pray through yep. Yep. Uh, all five decades. And I've heard from different people many different ways that they might pray the rosary. Uh, you know, some might list all of their intentions, any yep. prayer requests that they have before they pray through any of the decades. Others might be praying for the yep. intentions prior to each decade. Uh, I remember one person telling me how he'd have he'd offer each Hail Mary for uh, a, a different individual, different person or a different intention as they prayed through the beads. So, you know, every single one had a new intention. So t- all these different variations, uh, praying one decade when you're younger, praying the full, you know, I, I, there's... Uh, Father Rocky, our executive director, he talks about if you want to do, you know, the rosary, you pray one, through, uh, you know, one of the mysteries, all five of the mysteries there. If you uh, want to do a super rosary, then it becomes, yep. you know, you pray through two of the different mysteries. Uh, if you want to do a super duper, and I forget what the the last one is, but it's like a, a hyper super duper rosary or something <laughs> like that, where you go through all four. Sure. Uh, yep. You know, so there's all these different ways that you'll hear people talk about praying the rosary. Is there any wrong way to approach praying the rosary? You know, the only wrong way is to approach it as a magic formula that if you just simply recite the words, um, you know, you're praying. That would be the only wrong way if is to. to to recite it as if the words in and of themselves just you're re- repeating like this in quotes like magic formula. Um, I don't think many people do that, but that would be the wrong way of praying the rosary. As long as the rosary is prayed with faith, with faith, um, and in, in, in the help of the Holy Spirit, but with faith, there is no wrong way. And, and I, I like what you're, you're getting at, Josh, because one of the things I've recognized about the rosary in different people, with different people I prayed the rosary with in different parishes, where the rosary is prayed is everyone kind of does have their own, like the rosary is the rosary and the, and the body of the rosary is the same. But everyone, and whether it's different parishes, different groups, different different people have different little things that they add into the rosary or ways of praying it. And it's, it's one of those beautiful things. It's kind of, I, I would say, like the creativity of, of, the, of the Holy Spirit. But the only wrong way is to pray it just like as if it's a, 
a magic formula that you just say the words and the words and the words it has to be prayed in faith. Um, right. After that, what the Holy Spirit does, you know, that's that's the beauty of it. Well, and as you're talking about that magic formula kind of approach to prayer, you know, one of the other phrases that I've heard uh, different priests mention is you kind of treat God or the Blessed Mother then in kind of a vending machine way. If I put Mm -hmm. this into it, I'll get something out rather than treating it as a relationship where there is a conversation that's happening where you're getting to know that person better. And, you know, one of those things that it reminds me of is where Jesus, uh, before he teaches us the Our Father, he says, don't babble like the pagans, where they think they'll be heard of their many, because of their many words. And he, he, the, the phrase that gets used a lot outside of the Catholic Church is vain repetition, that there's this vain repetition in praying. And that's, again, something that Catholics can be accused of, that, well, you're just praying the same prayer over and over and over when you're saying the Hail Mary. Isn't that just vain repetition? How, how would you respond to that, that, no, of course that's not? This is, this is something, like you said, that we approach with faith, with a heart to grow in our, our relationship with God. How is it not vain repetition when we're praying a Hail Mary over 50 times during the course of a rosary? Yep, and I think you, you even touched on it, Josh, even when, when, our, when our Lord you know, gave us the command not to pray like the Babel, like the pagans, you, what did you say? The next thing that he did is he taught them what, what some would say is, in quotes, a rote, memorized prayer, like the Our Father. Yeah, sure, you know, sure, so it's, the Our Father. You know, it's not that you know, prayers that, that have a, um, that vocal nature and a, and a set structure are bad. Jesus taught them the Our Father right after, after saying that. Um, but but it's, it's that, that sense that Pope Paul the, the Sixth had a great quote in saying, like, the words are, are the body, and the meditation is the soul. Um, you know, the words are the body, the meditation is the soul. And so the words of the, the, the rosary, and, and it's, it's this beautiful encounter with faith and, and allowing the Holy Spirit um, to kind of take us on a journey through the, myst- the mysteries. And, and John Paul II, St. John Paul II, in his papacy, did such a beautiful job of, of, of holding up the, the necessity of, of the, like the, the contemplative or the meditative part uh, of the rosary, of, of meditating um, on the mysteries of, of going deeper, be, you know, of not getting caught in just, in quotes, the vain repetition of words, because um, the words give us that structure to go, to go deeper into the soul, uh, into the mysteries, which is the, the life of Jesus. Uh, speaking with Father Matthew Witter today, a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, talking about praying the rosary, about devotion to Mary, the Blessed Mother, and how has praying the rosary changed you? How have you seen yourself grow in different virtues, maybe the virtues that we pray in those opening prayers, the virtues of faith and hope and charity? Maybe you've grown to be a more patient person. Maybe praying the rosary has helped you remain pure and chaste. Has it helped you with your marriage or to heal a relationship? How has Our Lady's intercession brought about that transformation in your life? Or how have you seen a miracle take place because of asking for Mary's intercession and getting to know her son better in meditating on those mysteries that we, that we encounter in praying the rosary? You can call in and speak with Father Matthew at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Maybe you have a question about the rosary and you can call in and ask that as well. 888-914-9149 or relevantradio.com. And we'll be back with more in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life, as today we're talking about praying the rosary. How has the rosary impacted you in your faith life? How has it helped you to grow closer to Christ, to know Christ better, meditating through those different mysteries, where we look at those, those moments, those little, uh, those little pieces of the life of Christ, and we get to enter into those there in praying that rosary. How have you seen the rosary work a miracle in your life? Or maybe the miracle of somebody that you were praying for, how you saw them healed or something, uh, some answered prayer in their life. We're talking with Father Matthew Witter, and you can call in and join the program at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father you know, as we were talking there in the first segment, talked about the different things that we pray for. We, you know, we, we bring our needs to God, and in the rosary we're asking for the intercession of Mary. And when we're praying the rosary, it's mainly us speaking, you know, whether it's mentally we're praying those Hail Marys, the Our Father, the Glory Be, or if we're praying it out loud. But prayer is supposed to be a conversation, and, you know, we hear ourselves praying for the intentions we have, asking for those. We, we hear the prayers I just mentioned, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, um, you know, other prayers at the beginning, at the end. Uh, some people add in the Fatima prayer, the Oh My Jesus uh, prayer there after the Glory Be. But if it's meant to be a conversation, how does God speak to us when we are praying the rosary? How should we be listening to what he wants to say to, to us during that time of prayer? Great. That's a that's a great question, and, and maybe an, an image of approaching it would be similar to the the, the thought of um, you know sometimes you might be you know watching a movie, and of course they're talking in the movie, but there's many times there's like kind of music that's playing in the background or music that kind of builds the the atmosphere, even though there's there's conversation going on, and I think that's kind of you know similar to the rosary where the the, the words kind of are like that that kind of music that's that's kind of always there as the as the plot plays out. All around it, I think, would be a way of, of, of perhaps looking at it. And so, whenever we, we pray the Rosary, there's always, I always like to think of like three different kind of pathways that you know the Holy Spirit could open up. There's there's a pathway of, of focusing on you know literally every word and really meditating on each word of the Rosary. Then there's you know that that pathway of of the different mysteries of the Rosary and, and putting ourselves into into the mysteries where we find ourselves maybe not as much focusing on the words, but we're right in the midst of of the mystery, and then there's also that sense of the different intentions that um, that kind of uh, that come up to us within the petition. We can might we might feel like the Lord puts a person's name or picture within our mind, um, and so all those those different things kind of kind of are, are are kind of woven together as we're praying the Rosary. And then um, we'll probably get to this eventually. But then the other thing that comes into our mind is also distractions, of course. Um, but uh, but those that sense of there's there's the words there's the there's the, the mystery and then there's that sense of um, 
the Lord leading us perhaps different people or, or circumstances uh, to pray for. And so it's kind of the, the words are that, that kind of music, and then the, you know, the plot is playing out all around you know, and within, within that music. I like that image. Uh, again, talking with Father Matthew Witter, and you're welcome to call in as we're talking about the rosary. The phone number to call the studio, 888-914-9149. And Father Michelle's listening in Lexington, Kentucky. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for calling into The Inner Life. You're on the air. Hello. Um, I have to confess that, uh, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I have to confess that um, as a convert to Catholicism, I never really had anything against Mary, but I didn't have a connection. And then one time, listening to Relevant Radio, a man called in, and uh, the guest of the show had such an insight as to why this person, this man, didn't feel a connection to God. And it was because he really had not had a strong father figure, an involved father. And then I applied that same insight to myself, and I realized that basically I had been motherless. Uh, my mother had been institutionalized at least twice uh, during my childhood, and then at the age of seven, she just left my father and five children and then regained uh, custody of us a few years later. But again, she was just not all there for us. In fact, uh, her fourth suicide attempt was successful. Anyway, my insight was maybe that's why I couldn't really connect with Mary. And just by realizing that that was the stumbling block for my own life, I was able to take one step toward Mary, and things opened up for me. Uh, I will tell you that uh, it just filled me with joy to have her give me insights for self-examination, uh, inspiration to go about my very humble, dull little tasks with the spirit of love and generosity. She has really been a, a guide in my life, uh, an arm around my shoulder, someone who's wept for me during times of great burdens. And uh, I will say in terms of saying the rosary, if someone thinks they don't have the time for it, at least post up a little chart with the days of the week and the mysteries for each of those days. And please take just a moment to ponder those mysteries. I've done it enough where I, I should have done it years ago, but I actually thought of a, an additional group of mysteries. Mm. And I thought how wonderful it would be since there are seven days of the week if eventually we had seven completely different sets of those mysteries. And the group of mysteries that I came up with to add to the existing ones was the mysteries of healing. Uh, but point being, the rosary is a tool. And as to repetition, I think of myself as the persistent widow. Yep. It's not vain repetition. It is supplication. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. There's nothing vain in that. It is, again, a, a fervent prayer. So I, I've said enough, but uh, again, as a convert, it, it took me a while. But I'm there now. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michelle. Can I, can I ask a, a question? If I could ask, what, um, 
how long you, know, you had this, this encounter with Relevant Radio and the gentleman that called it and the, the connection, how, how long... Oh, I just got goosebumps like, as you asked. Uh, it, was a, it had to be about 15 years ago. Well, no, no uh, it was more like 10 years ago because we were in our current house. Okay, and, and then um, how, how long before that did you become Catholic? Oh, I was Catholic before that. Uh, I, uh, in fact, I brought my husband back to the church. He was a fallen away. But um, I became formally Catholic not long after I moved to Lexington. So that would have been about 30 years ago. But my big encounter was a wow. classic born-again road to Damascus experience while I was living in Nashville and um, the Holy Spirit visited me, and I don't care if people think I'm crazy. Fellow Catholics know this is truth. It's real. He's a palpable presence, yep. and I, I had really no Catholic knowledge, but during his visit, he, he convicted me of the worst sin I'd ever con- committed, did not condemn me, and then he told me, that I still, in, in spite of being washed in an ocean of forgiveness and mercy and love, that I still needed confession. And the only place I knew that I could get confession was the Catholic Church. And I held on to that seed. And after I got married and then moved to Lexington to join my husband, we lived without church for a couple of years. And he had been a deacon in a whole different denomination downtown and we went to that church, and it was dry as dust. It was like sitting in a college lecture hall. Don't get me wrong. I'm an amateur apologist. I love to study the faith. I love to study scripture. I want to know the ancient Aramaic and the biblical Greek. However, there was something missing because I had been in his presence. There was no sense of worship. And then other churches, it's, it's great to witness, and it's great to fellowship. But I longed to worship because I had been absolutely shattered in a good way. I mean, tears just dripping off my chin that night of the encounter. Mm-hmm. I, I just was so full of joy, gratitude, and humility that my Lord would visit me, me. So finally, after a few years of marriage, I persuaded my husband to come back to the church, and I went through the proper procedure. I went through RCIA and, and uh, got confirmed. I did find out I had been baptized at the age of three, um, so I did get confirmed. And um, I'm a passionate Christian. And here's another amazing thing. I grew up practically motherless, and I myself am childless, unable to conceive. But the Lord, in his mercy, when I taught CCD, he would give me a room full of children where I could share a motherly love of the faith, my motherly love and the faith, with those eight-year-olds. And so Michelle, the church is just abundant that's so with beautiful. And, uh, you know, I do want to jump in here and allow Father to respond to you just because we're going to have to take a break shortly. But, um, you know, Father, so many things that Michelle has said here, yeah. um, even, you know, there at the end, the the fact that she was able to have, uh, you know, kind of that that motherly, that surrogate mother role there in educating, helping 
kids as they were in the religious ed program there at her parish. Um, even that, you know, goes back to allowing her to have a better understanding of Mary and her role in the church. Yeah, and and when I hear Michelle's story, I just think of, you know, the faith as just being this incredible, you know, treasure chest where there's always another treasure to be uh, yeah. to be received and to be unpacked and and it, it seems like at the at the, the most you know the, at, at the ideal time you know when she was ready our, our dear blessed mother Mary um, revealed herself in such a, a powerful way and and you know brought brought healing brought um, you know a deeper sense of healing and just a beautiful beautiful testimony. Well, and another thing that Michelle said that really stood out to me, she says, you know, if you don't have time to pray the rosary, at least, you know, write down those different mysteries and meditate upon them. And it made me think, you know, there, there before I ever started praying the rosary daily, I always thought, oh, it does seem like it's just going to eat up a lot of time each day. And then once I started praying, and I'm presuming this will be similar for most anybody who has prayed the rosary for any length of time, if there's a day where I, for for whatever reason, you know, my morning routine gets thrown off and I don't get to pray the rosary, the day just doesn't feel right at that point. I've really missed out on something that is is key and fundamental now in my life if I don't have that opportunity to pray that daily rosary. Yep, it, it puts, uh, and it's it's a long look at uh, at, at at the person of Jesus Christ. So it's it's that that encounter with Christ, and I, I think that's one of the, the gifts of the rosaries. Saint Francis de Sales was one of the first uh, kind of introduction to devout life, talking about prayer. He said, you know, if we you know if we watch a um, you know a play or something, or use a contemporary like you know we watch a movie or you know, a football game, you know, spend three hours and no one bats an eye, but you know, twenty minutes to pray a rosary, it's like whoa, you know, like like wait a second here yeah but but i i just read something from saint jose maria uh escriva just i don't know a couple of days ago where he was saying people will take their sweet time they'll they'll be at leisure when they're doing something that they enjoy as a recreational activity or even with work they'll take their time they'll you know be very methodical but as soon as they get to mass Let's make this as quick as we can, and <laughs> I've got things yeah. to do. I got to go, and they won't take that same relaxed, leisurely approach to anything dealing with the faith. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a great that's a great insight and a, and a great example is, is the, the faith and the faith and the practice of the faith and the rosary and the mass. There, they they restore our soul, and uh, you know, many times you want to quote, you know, kind of get on with get on with our day as if uh, you know, prayer and mass are kind of a an extra thing or kind of an inconvenience, but to, to really to have that mindset, like, yep, this is where I, I draw my strength from, and to exactly to to be deprived of that, we, we, we feel it. And I think that's a good kind of reflective question, like, you know, when, when our day does kind of go sideways or we just do feel off, to kind of say, okay, spiritually, how am I doing today? Because sometimes we can say, like, you know, we can get into certain patterns, and, and without knowing that the pattern can be broken, and we say, boy, I'm just feeling off, and it's like, oh, gosh, my prayer is... <laughs> Is, is not what it usually is, and it, 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 it matters. It matters. Michelle, thanks so much for calling in and sharing your experience and uh, just your life story, coming into the church and how uh, your devotion to Mary has grown over these last 10 years. Um, if you'd like to join the program, if you're listening and the rosary has had that impact in your life, 
you can call in and join us at 888-914-9149. What has changed in your life because of your devotion to the Blessed Mother, because of praying the rosary? Has it helped you maybe in overcoming an addiction? Has it helped you in uh, the virtues, growing to be a more patient, a more loving person? Has it helped to heal a relationship? Or maybe you have a question about the rosary. Maybe it's something that sounds good, but you're not quite sure. You've never really spent a lot of time praying, asking for the intercession of Mary. You can call in 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, you also mentioned distractions that yeah. we face when we pray. Let's talk about that when we come back. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. to the inner life today as we're talking about praying the rosary and devotion to the Blessed Mother. I'm Josh Raymond and our spiritual director, Father Matthew Witter, a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, pastor of four different parishes in Waukesha, Wisconsin, St. John Newman, St. William, St. Joseph's, and St. Mary's. And today, inviting your phone calls as well at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. How has the rosary impacted you in your life? How has it made that difference, whether it's you personally or maybe you've seen some uh, miracle that's been worked in the life of someone you love that you've been praying for? And again, if you have any questions about the rosary, you can call in as well, 888 And Father, right before the break, uh, mentioned distractions. I think that's there are some times when I'm praying the rosary and it seems that even though I have the best of intentions yep. and maybe... In the Our Father, in that first Hail Mary, okay, I'm focused on the mystery at hand, but by the time I get to maybe the second or the third Hail Mary, my mind is off onto some different tangent, and I have to kind of bring myself back and get back yep. on, okay, let me, you know, get get re, reacquainted with where I was uh, meditating upon that mystery. Any advice on how you can minimize those distractions as you're praying? First of all, to acknowledge and to just to acknowledge them for what they are and not to, to kind of beat ourselves up about them. And the reason I say that is just in general, as human beings, especially in this day and age, we're distracted about everything. You know, I think of someone, you know, scrolling through the channels or, you know, online on, you know, YouTube or Twitter, you know, scrolling, yeah, scrolling, on scrolling. On to the next thing. Let's go. Let's on go, to the next go, thing, yeah. like in 10 <laughs> seconds. So, you know, like, <laughs> you know, our attention span and our ability to be distracted you know, sometimes we could beat ourselves up and say, oh, I get distracted during prayer. Well, we get distracted at everything. You know, we get distracted at everything um, as human beings. And I think one of the, the gifts of the rosary is that many times there's, there's always another bead around the corner. You know, so usually I think, you know, from the, from the sense of prayer, you know, we could be praying and we can get distracted. And it's like, okay, I'm done. On to the next thing. But the rosary kind of challenges us to, to go deeper and to, as even Michelle used the word, persevere. Because usually there's another beat around the corner to kind of that allows us to kind of refocus, and so I, I I would offer that perspective. Like, you know, we can get upset with ourselves and beat ourselves up in prayer. Even even the Catechism talks about prayer as 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 being a battle. You know, the battle of prayer is is part of what the Catechism says. And um, 
you know, so distractions are you know, a, a big part of that. But I'll just say, you know, we, we get distracted in everything. Um, the good thing about, especially about the rosary, is that it, it trains us in, in patience and perseverance because there's usually another Hail Mary bead or Our Father around the corner, another chance to kind of, you know, refocus. Sure. Well, now, if somebody has been, if I'm someone who's been praying the rosary for quite a while, you know, a number of years, and I have spent a lot of time reflecting on these different mysteries, these moments in the life of Jesus, uh, that's another thing that I think can be an easy way to get distracted because I might think, oh, I've, I've kind of examined this again and again and again. So do you have any advice for somebody who's really familiar with those scenes, those stories from the life of Christ, how we can look at these mysteries that we know so well and approach them with fresh eyes, with a, a kind of renewed sense of wonder at what really is happening in each of these different scenes that we get in the mysteries of the rosary? I think often to pray the rosary with, with the Bible right with you is a great, a great way of doing that and having um, you know, the, the, the scriptures opened up to that passage or even a different spot in the Bible that kind of reflects that, um, you know, that particular mystery or that particular virtue that we're praying for uh, within, the, within the or fruit of the mystery that we're praying within the, within the mystery. But to kind of then look for like, you know, a word perhaps that wasn't spotted before in the scripture to kind of hang on to um, or, you know, another scripture passage within the, the fruit of the mystery. But I think to pray the, the rosary with, with the Bible at one side is always a good thing. And, and to have, you know, even if just a word from the scriptures to ponder and to, that might open up a, an avenue of, of, uh, of meditation and contemplation. The other good thing is there's, there's any number of great resources, uh, you know, online that have any, any number of different kind of points of, of meditation that, uh, that can help one. But I think to pray the rosary with a, with a Bible opened up or a Bible at your side is always a, is always a great, great way of approaching the rosary. You know, as you're talking about online resources, you know, to help us pray, one of the things I've used, and I've never had the opportunity to travel to the Holy Land, but because there are things out there where you can go online and look at something like Google Maps, or, you know, you, you can actually see those places. I've used that to be able to just say, okay, what's the difference from where you look at Nazareth to Bethlehem? What was that journey that they would have taken to go to Bethlehem? Or, you know, what does, at least present day, what does the, uh, uh, the um, Mount of Olives, you know, what does it look like? And be able to look at that. So it helps also, I think, you know, just from a, a standpoint of making it a, a real place, a real location, it's not something that's just kind of um, you know, in our minds is, well, it's somewhere out there in the Middle East. You know, we actually can yep. see those places better than prior generations had been able to, even in our own homes. Yep, to have, it's a great insight, to have images and, and pictures, icons, that also kind of evoke, you know, that, that prayerful spirit and, and get us to, to, to make a response of faith. That's, that's a great insight. I think we touched on a little bit earlier about even, like, you know, trying to listen during the rosary, and I think you know, another way of approaching the mystery is is to have perhaps a particular question or something that we're looking for an answer for or, or insight and to kind of have a question for the Lord that we propose within a mystery. And then as we're praying it, you know, to kind of listen, to kind of to ponder and, and to be, you know, to, to let the Holy Spirit take the initiative and, and, you know, at the end of the mystery then say, okay, did, you know, did I get a sense of a, an insight from, from, from the Lord, from the 
from the Holy Spirit. That's another way of, of opening up uh, um, an avenue of, of prayer and, and uh, meditation. Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Kathy who is calling in from Billings, Montana, Big Sky Country. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for joining us here on The Inner Life today. Uh, how has the rosary impacted your life? Hi, Kathy. Oh, in a real... Hi there, Father. Um, you know, in, a, in such a way that I wasn't even prepared for it. I was invited to come to a FaceTime um, rosary group by a friend, and my husband had died two years before, and, oh, I had lots of grief hanging on, and um, it was really hard for me to even kind of listen to the rosary because it was hard to be happy at times, I guess, or even joyful. And so I listened for a year, and um, I I have to tell you, my life has changed around. I um, I, I'm more comfortable with his passing of his death. I'm able to help others. Um, for instance, there was a discussion about distractions. Sometimes I get distracted with some of the comments that are made. But one of the comments that was made recently was to pray for the homeless, especially in this cold. And it got me to thinking and reflecting on. And now I am weekly through our church making a gallon of soup to bring to the St. Vincent's de Paul group. And I feel really good about that because that is my action to actually help the hopeless and not just sitting there and praying. So this rosary group has, I don't, I know maybe two people on this rosary group, kind of. And I, I feel that they are my community. They are there to pray for me. I am there to pray for them. And it's incredible. has changed my life. It really has. Oh, that's, that's, that's just beautiful to hear it, and that sense of the, the prayer, uh, the prayer bringing forth action. I mean, that's that's the the full circle that the Lord, you know, prompted within you know, to reach out to the homeless, and there's the, the, the importance of prayer, and then the Holy Spirit prompted you to action. That's such a beautiful, a beautiful connection there. Had you prayed the Rosary before? Kind of starting with the, the rosary group? No. You know, um, because I'm a convert, I actually had my first communion when we got married. Where I went through the classes and things, and we did go to church every week. We raised our children Catholic. We um, had them go to Catholic school, and somehow I missed the rosary. The prayers that we always said at night were the common ones of Our Father and Hail Mary, um, the um, angel of God, and we ended with a glory be. And so the kids knew that, but we didn't go forth. When my husband died, he had told me how the rosary had been part of his life and how they had knelt every Friday and neighbors came in and said the rosary. And I thought that was unique, but I didn't see it really happening in our life. So I didn't know the rosary. But when he died, I had the rosary said the night before in his honor because I knew it meant a lot to him. And I found out I didn't even know some of the prayers. And it was like, wow, I don't know what this is. So I would say I was reluctant to do this group at first because I didn't think I would know the prayers, but I'm so thankful that everybody is saying them and we're all saying them together. Yeah, yeah, that's such a beautiful way of saying it. Even when you mentioned your husband having a love of the rosary, in, in his in his death, it's a way of like you're you're connected to him. You're connected to a love of of, of his, and you're connected to what connects us all, um, our our Savior Jesus. 
Mm. Thanks so much for calling in, Kathy, and sharing. Uh, Father, we've got a couple minutes. We can probably get one more phone call on here. Nancy is listening in Rhode Island. Nancy, thanks for calling in. Really short on time, but wanted to get you on. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to ask you, um, I say the rosary a lot. Sometimes I say it more than once a day, and let's say on Mondays I'm saying the joyful mysteries. And later on in the day, I want to say the rosary again. Now, do I keep saying the joyful mysteries, or can I go to the sorrowful ones in the same day, or glorious, or do I keep saying the joyful mysteries, like on Mondays? Uh, That's you a know, Tuesday, great question. Powerful. Great question, Nancy. I, what I would do is I, I just like just kind of move to the next the next mystery. So if it's the joyful mysteries and you want to go to the luminous after or the sorrowful or the glorious, um, I would just move on to another set. Okay, so I don't have Nancy. to keep saying the same ones in the same day. You, you don't. Yeah. If if you would if you would like to, you could, but you don't have to only pray the um, the joyful mysteries on on Mondays and, and Saturdays. You could, you could pray every day if you wanted to, um, but um, you, you could pray it again a second time if you wanted, but you can certainly move on to um, a, a different set of mysteries. Nancy, you know, that also kind of goes back to one of the things we discussed at the very beginning of the hour. And if you joined us partway through the program, you might not have heard it, but we were, you know, discussing, is there a wrong way to pray the rosary? And Father Matthew basically said, well, unless you're just treating it as some sort of magical formula, where if I say these prayers, then I'll get this from God. As long as you're approaching it with faith, as long as you're approaching it with love and wanting to know Christ more and uh, asking for the intercession of the Blessed Mother, then there's really no wrong way. So whether you're praying the same mysteries again and again through the day or you're going through and moving on from the joyful to the sorrowful to the luminous, uh, it, it's, it, you're, 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 <laughs> you're doing great. The more time you spend in prayer, the better. And please keep us in your prayers, Nancy, too. And uh, Father, we're just flat out of time here, but we've got about a minute left. Could I ask you to offer uh, a blessing for all of our listeners today before we do wrap up the hour here? Yep, and so we pray. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of the rosary, for the countless lives that have been changed and, and come to you through the rosary. We pray, Lord, that you would pour out the fullness of your blessing upon each of us through the intercession of Mary and Joseph. May God bless you, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Matthew Witter, priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, pastor of St. John Newman, St. William, St. Joseph's, and St. Mary's Catholic Parishes, thank you so much for being with us, Father. And again, if you did miss any portion of the earlier uh, time in our show, you can find the podcast. I always say it's available at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. I hope you join us tomorrow. We're going to be talking about purity of heart and chastity how we can have that purity in our lives. What does that mean to have that purity of heart? And how do we live that out? Uh, We'll be talking with Father Vincent Druding coming up tomorrow. And of course, stay tuned. Mass is up next. Father Rich Getchell is the celebrant. And that's followed by The Faith Explained. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on The Inner Life.